Hey everybody, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo coming to you right after uh, the Dallas Mavericks falling to the Portland Trailblazers, one thirty-four to one thirty-one. <laughs> Josh, what are your thoughts? Uh, the, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in a really weird spot where I can't get too fired up over this loss because the weakness it's how many times can I can we complain about the same things like the weaknesses the Mavericks displayed in this game are the same things we've known about since December January like I didn't learn anything new about the Mavericks in this game so I can't get too upset uh, I know people are probably pretty mad about the refs and the late call against. We'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah, I'm. I'm that, but I, it's not the reason they lost. It's part no. of why they lost, but it's not. Yeah. Let's the, talk about the stuff in their in their control first. Yeah, the free throw stuff is man. That's it's it's got to change. I don't know what else to say. That's you know, we the free throws is you make them or you miss them. There's not like there's not a strategy to change. You know, there's nothing we could talk about more than man. They got to make free throws. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Do you, I think you have more ammunition because this was just like a game for me that was like at a certain point, Lillard's 61 point night, like it went from, come on Mavericks, what are you doing? Like, you got to do something. You got to change something up to sometime in the fourth quarter it shifted to, okay, I don't know. Like yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna get it. I don't know what to do. So that's why I feel a little deflated in terms like I'm not too fired up about railing the team because uh, as the game went on the game that was just a, a ridiculous game one of the most ridiculous endings to a game i've seen in a long time in terms of just the sheer amount of shot making yeah. and that bounce he got on the three which that I, bounce I, was awesome yeah. i've never it didn't touch the i thought it touched the backboard i've never it seen went that. out of the frame that's yeah. how high the ball bounced it was it was it didn't touch the backboard any, like we've seen luca do like after the shot crap like that where it goes out of the frame and goes in i don't think i've ever seen anything in a game quite like that particularly at a moment like that that was really cool but where we'll start is it you know with the things that i think were in the mavericks control i think we should start you missed a lot of the first half and so the decision to start trey burke resulted in the mavericks having essentially an unguardable hi hawk yeah this is my dog he is he is pissed yeah. about this um essentially being unable to to gosh darn it she's gonna bark at me go <laughs> you know maybe we leave that in that's just some top-notch content yes. uh let's let's start with the stuff that was in the first half where they started trade burke and when you start burke he's the only bench player who can score that essentially left like Maxi Kleba coming in and like Kleba can, can hit shots, but he's not a scorer. Uh, and you could see like the, the depth getting exposed almost immediately. Um, Justin Jackson may have, you know, that might be the last time we see him. He missed, he got a layup in the dunker spot and got blocked by a couple of guards. Um, I've been so mean to him at this point. There's no more, like there's nothing else I can say. He is, He's just not in – he might not be an NBA player is is really kind of what it comes down to. So when when you think about that, that they were so – you know, when, when you look at guys that – like Jackson was a negative 12 in um, eight minutes, and then Boban was a negative seven in seven minutes. And when the Mavericks are forced to go to guys like this, they just can't do anything. They can't do very much. I mean, Wright is such a mixed bag. He, he 
he's such an interesting player where he'll make like one super dynamic play and then three lackadaisical lazy plays or like just non-attacks in a row. It's kind of hard to to really pinpoint the issue there. Um, I, I Luca was very sloppy with the ball. He had six turnovers of the Mavericks 17, which was a key contributor there. And then in the fourth quarter, they missed six free throws as a team. And these are the things that are within their control. The turnovers, the free throws, and, you know, some of the, you know, shot making to a lesser extent. Like, it's very challenging to, to you know, they just have a team filled with guys where you have such top-end talent. And then we've said it before, we'll say it again, where the, the, mid, the mid-level to the back-end bench guys, they're just not good enough. And it's not necessarily their fault. Um, it's just kind of the situation they've been put in. And then the other thing I don't understand, and this is the thing I will never understand, is why they let – and they let Dame Lillard get a lot of these shots. Um, they do – you know, the, the way to guard Dame Lillard is to send two guys at him. He is that good. The Mavericks not only played drop coverage on threes, which gave – you know, Porzingis just sort of stood there. And then when Porzingis stepped forward, Lillard just dribbled right past him. And Lillard is a borderline unguardable player. But his size is the thing that works against him. And the Mavericks did not do anything to try to th- try to negate that. I've seen plenty of plays where, you know, you get the ball out of the guy's hands and you make the other Blazers beat you. 60-something points. What is it here? Oh, my gosh. 61 points shouldn't happen. Um, and a lot of those were on really good looks from him. I... I that's, I think, the the part that that frustrates me. I mean, I want to circle back to to some of the the kind of, I don't know, I want to call it NBA chicanery in the end. But that's not the reason they lost. It just played a part. And I'm not, you know, the Mavericks are now three and four. Yeah, three and four in the bubble. Um, their two two of their wins came in overtime. One of their wins came against the team trying to lose. This is not a good feeling. Um, I'm still really high on that incredible win the other night, but big, you know, the, the bubble picture, this has just not been, it's not been good. It's really not been good. I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's real tough that they're bent, you know, man, they are so shortchanged, even when everyone in the bubble is healthy, like they can't like Seth being out, like we can talk about Seth being not great in the bubble, but man, if they're missing, they're already a team that's a little shortchanged with their depth right now. Yeah. If you take away a top seven from their rotation right now, like, man, it's, it's the ripple effect is massive just because like, you know, you start Burke and you kind of have to, cause the other is you start Kleba and it's obvious, you know, Rick wants to play Perzinks at the five, which I think is the right call. So he wants to stick to that. So I don't blame him. And, but you just look at the bench and it's, Kleba and Wright are the only guys that got major minutes, and that's really hard. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith played 30 minutes, and he had to guard Damian Lillard for a lot of them, and he's not – like, that's not his thing. That's not what he's supposed to do. That's not the optimal use of him, but he has to do it because what are you going to – you can't leave Trey Burke on him all game. You can't leave Luka on him. You can't leave Hardaway. Like, I think that there's a lot of – warranted frustration with how the Mavericks kind of do things in terms of schematics and thought process that I truly get and I empathize with and I understand. But at a certain point, 
you look at it and you look at the roster and the alternatives, I'm just not seeing an alternative that makes such a difference that it's, that we should get so up in arms about scheme and strategy. And I know that seems like a real like big cop out because like, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk. We're here to shoot the S about the game and all that stuff. But like, yeah, they should double, they should double Lillard. But Portland also has McCollum, Nurkic, and Carmelo Anthony on the floor. And those are all three guys that can make a play with the ball. And when you look at how they play the Rockets and they go, you know, that you're like, well, they do that to Harden. Well, the Rockets have Westbrook and then three guys spot up guys that don't like to dribble. And Westbrook can't shoot. So you get it's a little bit easier, easier in quotes to do it because you can give up that space to Westbrook because you're not scared of him shooting threes. And you hopefully you try to scramble and, and you try to force these guys to be uh, off the dribble creators. But with the Trailblazers, you know, you double Lillard, you know, Nurkic can can pass and Anthony can pass and score and McCollum can pass and score. And, you know, Ant- Carmelo had an awesome game. He was he looked like I mean, Mello, so let's it's be tough. Let's be clear. He had an awesome game because the Mavericks let let Justin Jackson get cooked for 10 minutes. Yeah, I know. Um, he took advantage of what they gave him. Yes. And so he he started to feel good because he was playing against a guy who is simply not able to play against him. I and mean, he even got some good buckets on Finney Smith. Like it, he's he, he did good, yeah. So it, it was tough. It's just a tough game for for the it's just tough when the other teams' rosters when they get some big contributions from like the three through six guys that puts a lot of pressure on the Dallas guys to match. And we've seen in the bubble that it's been a little inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they finally, it's interesting. Should we have what I've remembered to record a podcast yesterday, just totally brain farted that one. Um, I probably would have to be eating more crow about Michael kid Gilchrist. Um, Yeah. I'm calling you out. Well, and I mean, he played well in the second half. What with, Understanding his limitations, he played well. Um, yeah. You guys understand why he doesn't shoot more after seeing that free throw attempt, I hope, because, um, yeah. woo, brother, that was special. Okay, but, he knows you know, his role. Yes, and there's a lot to be said for that because a lot mm-hmm. of NBA guys don't. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just it, – it's it's kind of where we are. And what whatever's going on with Seth Curry is very concerning. Um, he looks great on the floor when he plays, but if you're going to miss games like this, when you, when you need to win, that's, that's what I guess I don't understand is are the Mavericks conceding the seven because they've given away games sometimes by accident, other times by decision-making and they had them, they, they were in a good position tonight where it's essentially if they went out, they had a pretty good chance at making the six seed. But now they are locked into the seventh seed. That is that is official as of where we are right now. And I I feel like Dallas has conceded a ton in the bubble. And it feels a little odd to concede this much and you know go into the playoffs kind of on a bad note to potentially get waxed. Does that make any sense? Like I'm a big believer in momentum. I just am. And that just there's a lot of there's a lot of bad vibes around this. Yeah, and then I guess my devil's advocate would be to you about the momentum is you would argue that the team should have had a ton of momentum coming off 
a port a win against the Bucks and then a scrappy win against the Jazz with your backups. Like, where did that momentum come? Like that momentum screeched to a halt against the blade. Like, I don't know. And just, I agree with you in the, in the sense that like, it seems weird to rest guys in the bubble when they've been off for four months. Uh, But the Seth thing I'm just guessing is more than just rest because there's a, there's a history. Like he missed an entire season with a shin issue. And now he's got a vague leg injury, which the shin is part of the leg. (laughs) So that's the part that we're like, I think if Seth felt good to play and they felt good about him, his health, I think he would have played because the Luca and Kristaps thing and Dorian, that was obviously like, these guys are gassed. They're playing 40 minutes a night, overtime games. Uh, The Seth. So like that stuff doesn't bother me. The Seth one is like, I think there's more to it than just, he needs a breather to get ready for the playoff. Like, you know, like maybe it is, but yeah, I think it's more like they're worried about him playing right now in terms of his injury. And if he doesn't play in the playoffs, if he misses a game for something like that, that's going to be killer. It's going to be killer. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and it's not, it's not getting talked about enough right now. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be like, like that. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be only very negative about the things that are within the Mavs control. I know people kind of miss that and think that I'm just an asshole, which I I mean, I am, but <laughs> some of the stuff that they do where it's, you know, like playing Justin Jackson at all is, is within their control. And that's the stuff I get upset about. So it's things like this are more concerning than they are upsetting. If, if, if we can make that distinction, um, you that's know, fair. I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much more about this. They got one more game against Phoenix, which, you know, Phoenix is uh seven and zero. Phoenix looks like a team who wants to be in the playoffs and, you know, I'm not sure how tonight's win affects them, but if the Met, you know, they're, they're going to play Phoenix, I think Thursday, I don't know what time yet. And I'm going to be very interested to That'll see be... what Dallas does. They might just rest everybody because they're kind of locked in. Yeah. Um, It'll, you'll love it. It's three o'clock central time. Is it really? Yes. Ugh. <laughs> I hate having to figure out how to cover these games. Um, bah, bah, bah. Oh, the last thing, the thing that we got to talk about. So before we get it out of the way, the Mavericks committed 23 fouls to the Blazers 31. Oh yeah. And I've got some people in my mentions right now that are extremely angry about the calls and let's be clear. They should be as a general rule because Dame Lillard is is on the floor yelling about respect, give me respect, yada, yada, yada. He's one of the most respected players in the league. He's gotten away with posting a conspiracy video about the coronavirus without having to answer a single question in the bubble about it, uh, whereas a lot of other players have had to answer for some of their terrible um, takes. So the guy got 18 free throws tonight. I would say six of them were probably the kind of questionable things that I, I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I think that the way that he is refed is the sort of thing that we're going to hopefully be looking forward to with Luca one day. Luca um, got a couple of non-calls, which just really blew my mind late. And that's, I understand why people are mad. That's definitely a, a feeling in this sort of game where it looks like the Mavericks are, are, are getting worked by, by the refs. Um, yeah, and it's, especially the only... the, yeah, the last call, especially like that's that's tough. That's oh, tough that call one. against KP was awful. 
posting yep. up is apparently cons- like I the ref said something like I don't think he said hostile act, but he said illegal act. But like you and I are post players. When you run down <laughs> to the post, you initiate contact and spin. Now yep. we maybe should be discussing the merits of Chris Stapp's Porzingis posting up in that situation. Maybe that's a different deal. Um but it was not a foul. That was like, if anything, it was a foul on the other guy. And when you're watching it in slow motion, you see KP had his hand, his left hand on the other guy's hip. And that's what they were essentially calling it on. And that's, that's a bad call. It's a bad call. It happens every possession. So Mm -hmm. it's weird to single it out there. Yeah. Uh, And then the Burke, the Burke one is like, I get why they called it. Yeah, I get, and then I get, and I also get why everyone's mad about it. Yes. It's both ways. It's a weird. Yes. That was a weird play because we got screwed on a very similar offensive foul call to start the year against the Lakers when Dwight Howard was literally holding Seth Curry's jersey as uh, Danny Green hit a three pointer to send the game into overtime. So, you know, the Mavericks have been on on the the butt end of some really rough calls and really frustrating situations, and you know, I'm I'm not sure. This is the year they're going to be getting these sorts of things. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm as frustrated about it as anyone. But before I, this happened to me in the mid 2000s, particularly after the Miami Heat thing, I just kind of made the decision I was not going to be a refs guy. It's not fun. Like, could you imagine being a Rockets fan like last year, the year before when Harden was really foul hunting? Like, that's just awful. Like, it's not fun to watch that. That fourth quarter was a mess it, until, you know, the, the shot making started. There was like three minutes of just straight free throws. That's not fun. Who wants to watch that? Yeah. You, and you'll drive yourself insane because you can't you can't control the refs. The team can't, you know, like, it's not something you can be like, oh, well, let's make a, co-, you know, like we could talk about like coaching adjustments and, and lineups and rotations and minutes because that's stuff that will could possibly sure. change. Ref stuff is like, it's, a, it's like going uphill. And it's just tough to, to want to argue about if I'm and and you know, if I'm, you know, fan who's who, who tunes in for 60 games a year and I see that awful Carmelo flop pivoted next, next to the double tech, which was garbage <laughs> pivoted, which then flips to Luca getting a tech uh, on a drive where he's and one and then misses that free throw. Like it's a, it's a compounding situation where all these things start to work against you or it feels like it's working against the Mavericks. And and it's very much like that scene and in, in the replacements where quick they're discussing quicksand. A lot mm-hmm. of that stuff just works against Dallas. And I I get it. I feel it. But I'm much more interested in the stuff they can control because those things are why they've lost so many clutch games. Right. And like I said before we get out of here, um, like the stuff that they like the missed free throws, turn turnovers have been a problem before. The roster, some of the roster role player guys not being up to task. Um, the clutch offense being a little wonky again. Like the defense not being there because they maybe have two good defenders on the roster. That's stuff we've been talking about since January. So that's why like, I don't want to act like that stuff's not an issue. To me, it's just tough to keep talking about because it's just kind of is what it is. So to me, the two things I'm actually like taking away from this game that I really care about a lot is – you know, Hardaway Jr. in two games discovering his scoring streak again, which is just had to see that before the bubble games, before the seeding games ended. Like just to see Hardaway Jr. have two consecutive really good scoring and shooting games uh, is just really nice going into the playoffs. 
And then Kristaps, seven of nine from three. Like if he can get on a three-point run here to close the season and go into the playoffs, like that would just be huge because they desperately, desperately need him uh, to hit as many threes as possible because he's going to be getting a lot of open ones with the the way this lineup works right now. Yeah, and and I, I don't think there's much more to talk about at this point. You know, we'll be back uh, probably after the Phoenix game, depending on how that goes, to at least chat a little bit. But mm-hmm. I'll just say uh, the bulk of this bubble uh, has been very peaks and valleys. Um, yep. And I don't know, just kind of would have expected more. Uh, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We appreciate uh, you guys listening to us and, uh, you know, coming to the site. We got lots of good stuff and we will uh, hopefully keep the faith. So we will talk to you guys soon. Peace.